It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ covers me and raises dead men's lives. It's all because of Jesus. For every sunrise sings your praise. The universe cries out your praise, singing freedom all my days, now that I'm alive. It's all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ. It covers me and raises dead men's lives. It's all because of Jesus. Well, it's all because of Jesus I'm alive. It's all because the blood of Jesus Christ that covers me and raises dead men's lives. It's all because of Jesus, I'm alive, I'm alive, I'm alive. Amen. Thank you. 
Above, 
shall ever sing till above I behold the King through eternity my glad song shall be of the Savior's redeeming love Sedilia Father we just uh, thank you for this glorious day that we have the opportunity to come to your house and praise and worship you this morning dear Lord just ask that you would be with all the families that are um, out today that are out traveling uh, that you would have traveling mercies upon them just ask that you would just take this time and offering um, to, uh, to further your kingdom and your heavenly and gracious name Have all the children come join me right over here.
Y'all can sit right in that area right there for me. Okay? Y'all see that number up here? Oops, sorry. Really? All right, I put this number up here earlier in the morning. Okay? And I, I kind of set it up front here so everybody see it because today I'm going to read your minds. Okay? Or I'm going to make you put up the numbers that I want you to put up there. How's that sound? Sounds pretty cool, huh? All right, so we got this first number up here, 7463. Four different numbers. Can any of y'all give me a number from zero to nine? Any number? Quick. Yes. Any number? Quick. Six. All right, so we got a six. All right, another one. Another number. Quick. Any In the audience, y'all can say it too. Two. All right, six, two. Who else? Eight. And seven. Okay, six, two, eight, seven. That's real quick. All right, so I'm going to put down a couple of numbers here. And all right, let's get four more numbers real quick. Five. I heard a five. Whoops. Hang on a second. I got to write. It's hard to write upside down. All right, there's a five. What else was it? Nine. Okay. Zero. Seven. Okay. Five, nine, zero, seven. So we're going to write down a couple of numbers here. How about a four? Uh, let's do a zero and a nine and a two. All right. Somebody's got a calculator on her phone. I want you to add these up really quickly. All right, mathematicians, anybody can do this really fast. It's real simple. All right, so not only did I influence what y'all numbers y'all were given, I influenced the entire audience on what numbers they were given to. Okay, watch this. All right, somebody got a total for me? Well, y'all all have phones, smartphones. <clears throat> okay, so that was 27,461. Is that correct? All right, everybody got that answer? Good. Earlier in the day, I gave Mr. Curtis an envelope. I put on there, do not open. And it's a sealed envelope. Okay. So the only person to touch that has been Mr. Curtis, right, Mr. Curtis? I haven't touched it since we've been here, since I handed it to you. Has anybody else in here seen this envelope and touched it? Good. And it is sealed, right? Tracy, y'all tell me it is sealed. Okay. Open up that envelope. And let's see what I wrote down earlier and see if it's anywhere close to what y'all came up with. Look at there, 27,461. Well, how in the world did I come up with that? I didn't come up with that. Y'all came up with that. Y'all came up with that because I influenced your decision, right? No, it's just a trick. However, <laughs> there is a trick to this, and I might explain it to you later if you ask. However, um, God knows our thoughts, right? God knows everything about us. He can, he's known you before, since you were born. Before you were born, he's known things about you. Let me get to this real quick. Sorry, I should have had it up already. Where'd it go? All right. Psalms 139 says, and this is for the choir, the choir director, by the way. <clears throat> That's why I gave it to Mr. Curtis this morning. All right. Lord, you have searched me and known me. 
You know when I sit down and when I stand up. You understand my thoughts from far away. You observe my travels and my rest. You're aware of all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You have placed your hand on me. This extraordinary knowledge is beyond me. It is lofty, and I am unable to reach it. Even though it's, it seemed like I'm really smart and I was able to, to think or know your thoughts and make y'all do this, it wasn't really me. But God really can do that. God really knows your thoughts. He knows how many hairs are on top of your head. Some of you got a lot more than others, even out here. But he knows you. He knows your thoughts. He knows your, 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 your prayers. He knows everything about you. Okay? And I want you all to know that and remember that on a daily basis. No matter what you're thinking and what you're doing, God already has a plan for you. He already knows what he wants you to do. All you have to do is listen to him. Okay? Pray to him and listen to what he has for you. All right, let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we uh, thank you for your word. Um, and little demonstrations like this, Lord, with, with just a series of numbers that were up there, um, that we can know that you have a plan for us, that you have a direction you want us to go in if we we'll only listen and follow your, your lead, Lord. I'll be with as we go this week. In your precious and holy name we pray.
going to be in John 10. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. Truly, I tell you, anyone who doesn't enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in some other way, is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens it for him, and the sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought all his own outside, he goes ahead of them. And the sheep follow him because they know his voice. They will never follow a stranger. Instead, they will run away from him because they don't know the voice of strangers. So Jesus gave them this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Uh, let's pray. God, just thank you uh, for your word. Thank you for this time together. Just thank you for these who are gathered uh, this morning. Pray that you would just uh, open our hearts and hear what you have to say for us. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. Y'all can be seated, and uh, good morning. BJ is uh, taking some time off uh, this weekend, and so he and his family are getting some much-needed rest, and so he asked me to fill in this morning. Um, I've got this envelope. It's got something in it. Where's Daniel? No, never, never mind. All right. That was pretty cool. I think you should try out for America's Got Talent. That's pretty cool. I'm still trying to figure that out. But anyway, um, as you can see from the topic, uh, uh, from our passage, the topic today is uh, sheep and shepherds. Um, and I'll have to admit, I don't know a lot about how sheep are raised. Um, it was very common back in uh, Jesus' day, and people knew all about, um, you know, shepherds and sheep. And I just don't know a lot about it, so I kind of looked up a couple of things. There are uh, still modern shepherds. Scotland and Europe, they uh, kind of use dogs to help them herd the sheep. Uh, I saw a video of a sheep drive in Montana. They took sheep and with horses, they drove them for 40 miles to, to uh, another location. That had to be a fun week of driving sheep. Um, and then, uh, you know, a few years ago, we used to spend some time in Mexico uh, on mission trips and up in the Zongalica Mountains, and every year where I would see this, they, would, they had sheep. And they would basically, the family may have one or two sheep. Instead of keeping them in a pen, they would put a rope around their neck and, and a stake in the ground. And up by the road, there was there were dirt roads all over the mountains and then little patches of grass. And so they would stake them to one little area. And then that day, they would eat however long the rope was, you know, in a big circle. And so, and then at the end of the day, they would uh, bring them back home. And uh, that's how they kept their sheep. So um, there still are modern shepherds, but again... Um, that's about what I know about uh, shepherding sheep. So I read a little bit about um, how they kept sheep back in Jesus' day, and they had a sheep pen. From what I understand, there was a couple of ways, but what he's referring to here is a sheep pen. It was either in a town or a village. It may, it may have been there um, where several different families had different flocks, and they kept all their flocks in one sheep pen at night. And then the shepherd of that flock would come in and call his sheep, and those sheep would follow him. So that's, uh, that's what Jesus is talking about here. Uh, there's a lot of imagery in the Old Testament uh, about sheep and shepherds. Isaiah 40, 11 says he protects his flock like a shepherd. Of course, we know the 23rd Psalm, uh, David talks about how the Lord is my shepherd. So um, a lot of imagery. And what Jesus is talking about in chapter 10 is directly a result of what happened in chapter 9. Uh, chapter 9, just to summarize Jesus' uh, 
uh, meets a man who is blind from birth, and he heals him. And the man goes and tells others about that, tells his family, and they bring him to the Pharisees, who are the religious leaders of that day, as we know. Um, the Pharisees question him. They really try to discredit what Jesus did. They try to discredit Jesus, and they try to get him to, to do it too. And through a long series of questions, finally the man gives just a great testimony. He says, I don't really know what you guys think about Jesus, but here's what I know. I was blind, now I see. And so what a great testimony he had. And, and basically, instead of uh, glorifying God, they threw him out of the synagogue. They just threw him out. And so then Jesus went and talked to him, revealed himself as the Messiah, and the man believed. And then Jesus addresses the Pharisees and others who were there, and that's kind of where we pick it up in chapter 10. And so here, uh, there's three groups of people, three characters I want to kind of look at in this, uh, these verses. And the first one is the thieves and the robbers. Um, that's really uh, kind of what Jesus is calling the Pharisees there back in chapter 9. Their actions of expelling the man from the synagogue showed their true colors. They were more interested in their religious system. They didn't want it to be upset. Uh, than really who the Messiah was. And so they were um, not leading the people of Israel to the Messiah as they should have been, but they were more interested in protecting their religious system. Um, Ezekiel, if you want to go back and read about this, in Ezekiel chapter 34, speaks of these evil shepherds who would um, be, uh, be leading the flock of Israel astray or letting them go and not leading them to the one true God. Um, Verse 2 of Ezekiel 34 says, Woe to the shepherds of Israel. And uh, more in, verse 30, in chapter 34, you can read about it. It just talks about these uh, false shepherds. And so here Jesus is contrasting himself. We'll see him call himself the good shepherd here in a moment. But he's contrasting himself with the false religious leaders of that day. He's making a point of difference there. Um, and so he's speaking about them, but verse 6 says, they don't understand. Um, and so another character in the story we can look at is the sheep. Now, there is a lot of imagery about sheep in the Old Testament leading up to this. But basically, let's face it, we are the sheep. So Isaiah 53, 6 says this. It says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of of us all. Basically, sheep wander off. Sheep like to go their own way, and uh, the Bible compares us to that. And on our own, we wander off and we go astray, and we want to do our own thing, but we need to follow the shepherd. Um, one time, in uh, as we were took a mission trip from this church to Mexico, we were in a little town called Nishla, which means cloud, and that's pretty appropriate because it's way up in the mountains and. Up in the clouds, kind of, sort of. So, pretty appropriate name. But we got to, to uh, go with a group there, and we showed the Jesus film to a, probably a group of six or seven homes that were there, a little bit of neighborhood right right outside of Mishla. And after that, they asked me to to share the gospel, and just felt compelled. I'd seen those sheep tied to the side of the road all day as we traveled around, and so I went to this passage in Isaiah 53 and just talked about how we're like sheep and we go astray and just talked about our sin and um, I asked them why do you tie the sheep up with a stake and they pretty much said well they wander off they, they'll leave they'll go they'll run away and so um, it's true sheep 
on their own will run away. Uh, specifically, in chapter 10 here, the Jewish people are the sheep, the, the nation of Israel, um, and they're to follow Jesus and not the false shepherds. Again, he is making that difference. But I think throughout the Bible we can see um, how we're compared to sheep as well. And so uh, we need a shepherd to guide and protect us. Um, and that's where the third character I want to talk about a little bit this morning. We'll spend some time talking about the shepherd of the sheep. It says he comes in by the gate. He comes in by the door. And that was the right way. It talked about how the thieves and the robbers would climb over the walls, the rock walls of the sheep pen. But the shepherd of the sheep, which is Jesus, came in by the door, came in by the gate. He came in uh, through the prophetic line of the Old Testament. He's again pointing themselves, pointing himself out to them that he is the Messiah. He came through the prophetic line. He came through the line of David. He was born of a virgin. He was born in Bethlehem. And all the things that the Old Testament says about the Messiah, that's who Jesus is. And that's who he's explaining here. He's saying, that's who I am. I came in through the door. I came in the right way. Again, you should follow me and not follow them, who would be the false leaders. And so it says the sheep hear his voice, and his sheep follow him. Uh, in verses 10 and 11, I mean, sorry, 11 and 14 of chapter 10, Jesus talks a little bit more about him being the shepherd. He says, I am the good shepherd. Again, contrasting himself with the, the evil shepherds that you can go back and read about in Ezekiel. Um, so let's consider that um, just for a moment today. The good shepherd. What does the good shepherd do? What is he like? What are his characteristics? Jesus, the good shepherd. And so I want to look at two things. I'd like to look at the call of the shepherd and then the compassion of the shepherd. First, the call of the shepherd is his voice. The sheep hear his voice, and they follow him. He still calls us today. Uh, he's still speaking. He's still calling. He still wants us to follow him. Um, but today, I mean, let's face it, we have so many voices that try to speak into our lives. We have, you know, social media. We have entertainment. So many things just bombarding us, uh, wanting us to follow a different direction. Uh, sometimes these things, if we're not careful, can drown out the voice of the shepherd, and we won't hear what he has to say to us. There are even uh, various religious views that are being um, that are out there that we could follow, and it would lead us away from Jesus. Information is instantaneous. It's constant, 24-7. If you want to find out something about anything, uh, you've got the radio, you've got cable TV, you've got your the internet, you've got various means of finding out information. And we can get obsessed with that information. We can obsess about anything. We can obsess about sports. If you want to know about sports, a particular game, you can watch the game. You can hear people comment on the game. You can go to work and talk about the game. We can get obsessed with things. We can get obsessed with politics. You know, various views on politics. Um, people can argue about them. We can listen to one view on one station. We can listen to another view on another station. It's all out there. All these things can distract us uh, from the truth. These things can distract us from the voice of the shepherd. 
Um, let's look at John 10, 14 for a second. Jesus says this. He says, I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. When we follow his voice or his call, he knows us and we know him. There's a relationship there. And that's the difference in Christianity. Uh, it's not about a, a religion or a set of rules that we follow or a set of steps that we have to do to get closer to God. It's about our relationship with Jesus. And he's calling us to know him. He says his sheep know him and he knows them. Uh, in Christ, we are followers of him. We are in Christ. And our identity is with him. And we are his sheep, and he is our shepherd. And so I want to say a word about identity this morning. Um, identity, and it all boils down to that's who we are. Um, it's our sense of self. It's our sense of self-worth. And that's our identity. And if we're not careful, our identity won't be found in Jesus, but it'll be found in something else. We have to be careful. You know, we live in the world, and the world tries to tell us all the wrong things about who we are. And it's easier to blend in. It's easier to go along and to be silent when we should speak up. And the world is constantly trying to change our identity to make us just like them. We should be different. We should stand out. And our identity should be found in Christ. Um, last year, we got to go to Ecuador, and I got to speak to a group there, and uh, I talked about our identity, and I did it uh, through a, a passage in Daniel chapter 3, and what they tell you in, when you go to another country, you're going to speak through a translator, so you need to kind of keep it simple, keep it kind of short, and use smaller words, because you've got to say it, and the translator has to say it, and the group has to understand what's going on. So, I decided to speak out of Daniel 3, which is Nebuchadnezzar, um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And I, got, I started, and I was like, oh, man, I've violated that cardinal rule. Uh, so I said, well, I'll go back, because what Nebuchadnezzar did, he tried to change the identity of these guys. They were Hebrew, and they came, and he changed their name to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He tried to change their clothes, change what they eat, and then eventually tried to change who they worship. And they stood up and said, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to let you change our identity. And so I said, well, I'll just go back to their Hebrew names. That'll be easier. So, well, that would be, you know, Mishael, Azariah, and Hananiah. So, and I knew them better as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, so I stuck with that. And we just talked about that for a minute. But, um, you know, these guys wouldn't let Nebuchadnezzar change their identity. And uh, we've got a lot of voices speaking to us, try to change who we are. Uh, and who we are in Christ is... We need to listen, follow his voice, and listen to what he has to say. You know, adults, we can get so wrapped up in our work, climbing the corporate ladder. Um, we can do so at the expense of our family. We can do so uh, ignoring what needs to be done at church and just focus on our career. And, uh, you know, that can really um, distract us from what we should be doing. We can look for fulfillment in our possessions. We can compare ourselves with what the neighbor has and, if they've got more than we do, we can lose sight of, you know, our value to God. You know, we think our value is in what we have, but our value is in who we are and, and whose we are. We're his sheep. So our identity is not in our job. It's not in our health. 
or in what we own because these things will not last and not eternal. And our circumstances, good or bad, do not determine our identity. Your circumstances can change through no fault of your own uh, from day to day. So that's not who you are. As students and young people, I want to say this. Um, I know this idea, the idea of identity is one that you live with every day. You know, I know there's a lot of judgment out there based on what you wear, <clears throat> a certain look that may be popular, who you associate with, parties that you may or may not attend. You know, you guys have a lot to deal with as students, and you're get, you get bombarded every day just like we as adults do on every side with expectations from those who don't know Jesus. So I would like to encourage all of us to be like the young men in Daniel chapter 3. You guys can go back and read that yourselves, but these guys stood up to the most powerful man on earth at that time. And because they knew who their God was and that he was greater than any trial or circumstance that they would face. And so they did not compromise. So don't compromise who you are in Christ for something that is temporary. Now I know that is easier said than done. But that's why it's important for you to know what you believe. Know what Jesus has done for you. And you need to have your own time of personal Bible study and prayer. That goes for all of us. That's how we hear with clarity that voice of the shepherd that we can follow. We have to read his word, and we have to study it, and we have to pray. Um, and I would say, um, again, to the young, to our students, don't let an activity you're involved in or a sport you play define you. You're not just a basketball player. What happens when basketball is over? Your identity, your identity is not in that group or person that you want approval from. And that struggle doesn't end just in school. That's, that's a struggle we face as adults in our, in our jobs and everyday lives. Um, you know, we all face this need for approval from time to time, but we need to remember it's not the approval of man that we, we need, it's the approval of our Heavenly Father. So just think about this. Either way, if you're in school or work, Wherever you are, either way, if you're in Christ and follow the voice of the Good Shepherd, you will never get complete approval from this world. And that's okay, because in Christ we have a Heavenly Father that loves us beyond measure. And in Christ we have family, we have support. We're not alone, we have our brothers and sisters here. In Christ we have forgiveness. We're not cast out and no longer have value when we mess up. We're restored and set apart because of who Jesus is and his shed blood on the cross. In Christ, we have a purpose. You know, God wants us to follow him. And he gives us, those that are his sheep, he gives us gifts, spiritual gifts to use. And so our purpose is to serve one another in love and to serve our church and to use those gifts he's given us. So the call of the good shepherd is for us to follow where he leads to give up on the expectations of this world and to listen to his voice. How do we follow the call of the good shepherd? Well, first, let me ask you this. Are you one of his sheep? That's the first thing. Start following Jesus. Repent from your sins and put your faith and trust in him. The first thing is you have to become one of his sheep. Secondly, the Bible says his sheep hear his voice. So I would say take time to read his word, 
take time to pray and take time to meditate and think about what you study in his word and apply it to your life and follow the voice the call of the shepherd next let's consider the compassion of the shepherd Verse, 10, verse 11 of chapter 10, he says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. So that here we see the heart of the shepherd. He loves us so much that he gives his life for us. Um, I did want to read another passage in Romans. If you would turn to Romans 5. I'm going to read verses 6 through 8. Talks a little bit more about what Christ did for us. Verse 6 says, For while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For rarely will someone die for a just person, though for a good person perhaps someone might even dare to die. But God proves his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He loves us that it wasn't because he were good that he gave his life for us. It wasn't because we deserved it. He died for us because he loves us. He wants us to be a sheep, even lost sinners like us. And he died for us. And throughout the Gospels, we see this heart of the shepherd, this compassion that he has. Um, there's a passage in, in Matthew that really, um, every time I read it, uh, it, it really reminds me of this compassionate shepherd. Jesus comes down from the Mount of Olives, and he goes through the towns, and he heals some people. He's, the crowds follow him. He speaks and goes through several different things. And then in Matthew chapter 9, there at the end of the chapter, it says this about, about just what he observed. Matthew 9, chap, uh, chapter 9, verse 35. It says this. Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. You see the compassion of the shepherd there? Do you see how he saw others? He saw who they were. They're, they're wandering around like sheep without a shepherd. And I, you know, to be honest, the world around us is like this. Um, if, we're, if we're looking at our neighbors, our coworkers, the people we go to school with, it doesn't take long to listen to them, to observe what they're doing. You don't have to look far. There are so many sheep without a shepherd. So I would like to ask us this question. Are we introducing them to the good shepherd? Jesus says he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. We need to tell others what we know. Look around. There are lost sheep everywhere. And so the compassionate, we need to have a heart like the compassionate shepherd. We need to have a heart that sees that and has compassion on others and doesn't look the other way, but takes the time to share him with them. You know, in Luke 15, Jesus tells a parable about a lost sheep. He says a man had 100 sheep, and 99 of them were fine. They were in the fold, but one of them 
was lost and wandered off. That's what sheep do. They wander off. And the sheep was lost, and so the, sh the shepherd, he looked and looked for him, and there's no telling how far he had to go to find him. But when he found him, he brought him back, and there was rejoicing because he had found the one that was lost. Maybe you're here today, and you feel like the crowds of people that Jesus saw in, Ma in Matthew. Maybe you feel like a sheep without a shepherd. You're looking for direction, but maybe you haven't found it yet. Uh, maybe there's something just not quite right in your life. Maybe you're the lost sheep, like he's talking about in Luke chapter 15. You know, Jesus cares for you, and he died for you, and he's pursuing you. Uh, one of the things over the past year or two, I've heard some testimonies of adults in our church who've come to know Christ as adults. And it's awesome to hear, um, you know, even as adults, who are lost, Christ still pursues us, and the opportunity is still there to come to know him. And I love the part, of the last part of uh, that story in Luke 15, where it just talks about the rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who came back, who came to Christ. So you may think you've gone too far. You may say, I'm too lost. You don't know what I've done. You don't know my circumstances. Well, I would say this, no matter how far you've gone, it's not too far for the good shepherd to find you. And that's the heart of the, of the shepherd, the compassion of Jesus. He's not willing that any should perish, but should come to repentance. So just wanted to have this brief talk, brief talk with you guys this morning, uh, brothers and sisters. Um, just a couple of questions. If you're in Jesus' flock, if you're, in, if you're a, a believer, are you following his voice like you should? Are we taking the time to listen and not be distracted by the noise all around us? Uh, do you hear his call? Maybe he's calling you to step out in faith, do something out of your comfort zone. Listen to his call and do what he's asking you to do. Maybe you're here today and you're that lost sheep. Uh, today is the day you can, we can get that right. and The shepherd is there for you. He died for you. He loves you. He wants you to, to come into his fold. Let me read you a couple more verses in, in chapter 10 as we get ready to close. Chapter 10, verses 27 and 28 of, of, of John. Get back over there. He says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. God loves us so much, he died for us, and he offers us eternal life. Are we following his voice, the voice of the good shepherd today? Would you bow with me in prayer? Before I pray, as your eyes are, as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed, just a couple of questions I want you to think about. Whose voice are you listening to? Like we said, there's a lot of voices out there. There's a lot of, um, a lot of noise out there. But are you following the good shepherd's voice? Are you doing what he wants you to do? You know, once we are his sheep, we're his forever. So listen to that voice that's calling you today. If you're here today and maybe you're that lost sheep, I would invite you to repent from your sin and put your faith in Jesus. You know, faith in anything else or anyone else isn't saving faith. Um, 
but you have the opportunity today to repent and follow him. Let's, let's pray. Lord, just uh, thank you for this time together. Lord, we just um, lift up those who, who don't know you. Lord, we look around us and we see a world that's like sheep without a shepherd. We see people who, who need direction. And God, we need to share Jesus with them. And God, for those who may be here that don't know you, Lord, I just pray that they would listen to that voice, listen to the Holy Spirit in their heart as they would come to know you today. Thank you for us time together. In Jesus' name, amen. Simply trusting every day, trusting through a stormy way, even when my faith is small, trusting Jesus, that is all, trusting as the moments fly, trusting as the days go by. Trusting him, whate'er befall, trusting Jesus, that is all. Today and also next Sunday, we'll be taking up a love offering for our staff at our church who do so much for us. And uh, thanks so much for filling in, Mark. That's, if I ever saw my name with sermon beside it, I'd be calling in sick, I'll tell you. But, uh, thank you so much for doing that. Um, and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that's my, one of my favorite stories. When they, when they tell that king, hey, if our God exists, he can save us from your fiery furnace. He can save us. He can save us from you. And uh, but even if he doesn't choose to save us, uh, you know we're not going to bow down to your statue. We're not going to serve your God. I mean, just right in this looking uh, disaster right in the teeth, and that for them to just say that the, the strength of their faith is just amazing. Um, is there any other announcements? Uh, Steve, you know something about the disciple weekend? Anything like that? Wherever you are. Okay. Uh, no service tonight. I was wondering about that. Thank you. All right, let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you so much for letting us gather together and uh, and hear your word preached. Uh, I just pray that we have the strength of faith of uh, some of these Bible characters did, and uh, I just pray that we follow follow you and not be distracted by false shepherds. Thank you so much for all you've given us. In Jesus' name we pray.